I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch or and review or review every adaptation of the X-Men. And we're back to watching X-Men the Animated Series. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the Yeah, last episode we did a short little interview uh, on Ravages of the Apocalypse, but we're back to X-Men the Animated Series, and holy shit. So, before <laughs> we even jump into what this episode is, yesterday... Okay, so Disney Plus came out, and mm-hmm. we have it. Obviously, we, we got it for the Mutant Ages. We got it. Uh, yeah, it was like a really good deal. It was like 70 bucks for the year to like have every Disney yeah, and Marvel like film in really the world. it's a really good deal for Disney to have purchased <laughs> every <laughs> company in the universe. They got a really good deal on it. Anyway, I mean, like, Okay, anyway, so... I was like, okay, well, I guess we can finally watch these episodes on a streaming service again, which was the case when we started this show. I know. And then, like, they were then Hulu, it disappeared. And then right. they were taken off, probably because of Disney Plus getting developed. And then now, the X-Men the Animated Series is finally available again. We can right. watch it without having to use discrete means. And now, we're seeing the weird <laughs> like order. Grindr. The weird order <laughs> that Disney Plus put all these episodes in. So the episode we watched today, The Lotus and the Steel, was not actually aired until season five i don't think which is where no we're no it was the other way show. around i think it was actually aired in season four but it was supposed to be in season three so here's the thing disney plus actually has all the episodes in the correct order not by air date but maddie right, and i like are watching this by air date to be written in or something like yeah that. and we so the whole uh, you all know at this point that maddie and i have tried to figure <laughs> this out because when we it started watching really this show sense like even if you watch them in the order they were written in i feel like it's still not really right like it just well, I feel like this work. is this is where it really gets a little wonky because when we were entering season three, which is the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix season, mm-hmm. uh, Maddie and I had emails from people being like, "Oh, just so you know, this is when they started airing things out of order and in the wrong seasons," and yep. we were like, "We had no idea," and we had already kind of started, started doing it going wrong, by air quote date, unquote, wrong so order, yeah. So we now just we're kept back technically in season three, and I. I don't know if this is supposed to be before or after Gene dies. I really honestly cannot tell. I don't tell. either. I can't tell at all. I feel like this episode could happen at literally any time. I mean, it would right. need to happen after the events of all the things Logan has flashbacks to. So in that sense, it's like fine that it's in season four, according to how we're watching it right now. Because yeah. it's just like, it's based on nothing, really. I mean, I guess it would kind of make sense if it happened after the Proteus episodes, I guess. But I don't know, honestly. Actually, I mean, but when was that? Okay, well, well anyway. So, I mean, it's like, when did literally anything Yeah, when happen? did any of this happen? And here's also, the thing. Is when I'm, did anything in Wolverine's own life actually happen? He like, doesn't know. <laughs> remember when he got captured by Weapon X by falling into a hole? And okay. he just didn't get out of the hole? Remember when he got captured by Weapon X, like, more than once? And got amnesia more than <laughs> once? 
<laughs> okay, remember when Longshot got amnesia 15 times? <laughs> okay, yeah. Longshot and Wolverine should hook up, just based on that. <laughs> I mean, isn't this like a X-Men standard is to get amnesia and also to fuck while you have amnesia? It I don't know. definitely is, and that's pretty much all Wolverine does in this episode, by the that's way. That's really what it is. Okay, so hold on. So, so I was looking through... So we do to do a previously on the X-Men, because the beginning of this episode is a previously on the X-Men that lasts for oh, like 10 minutes. Oh my god. Okay, before we even get into that, okay. I want to say that I was looking through Disney Plus in season three because I was trying to find where the fuck this episode even was. Yep. And so I found it in season three, but then I saw other episodes in season three that we have not watched yet, including one that is like a funeral for Jean Grey. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. So like at some point in season four, we're just going to quickly go back to when like Jean Grey was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't going to make sense because we just watched an episode where she and Remy were fighting in the kitchen with Broccoli. I know. I know. And didn't somebody specifically send us an email being like, just, you know, there's an episode in there where Jean Grey is just magically back to life. And then like a full season later, you're going to like see her funeral. And like, I, I vaguely really remember somebody writing it about that. And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. But I didn't realize how fucking insane, like the production and air dates happened, you know? I know. But it's also like back then you'd watch an episode of TV and you wouldn't necessarily be thinking about its continuity like it was pretty normal to just watch an episode and be like oh i guess this is an old episode and like you wouldn't really think about it you know what i mean like it wasn't like it is now where everything is on a streaming service and it's all in this meticulous order and if you're watching an entire show of tv you like get to pick exactly what order you watch it in or whatever it was like things would just be on tv and you would be like i guess this is the episode i'm watching so i feel like i wouldn't have even found that weird you know what i mean i would have just been like oh i guess this is just an old episode where gene was dead Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's true because we just sat there and be like oh we must have missed this episode yeah, exactly like you wouldn't even think about it because that's just how tv was anyway all right so <laughs> i mean i i will do a i'm going to try to attempt a previously on the x-men that's not really going to go too far into it okay. but here we go previously on the x-men wolverine's really fucked up and had a lot of shit happen to him and now we're going to revisit all his ptsd in one go here we go (laughs) there is your previously on the x-men should we try to explain the like yuriko versus mariko lady deathstrike situation okay go for it you can try go for it do it see if you can do it in under 30 seconds okay so anybody who's read the comics about wolverine knows that he had a girlfriend in japan named mariko they were in love blah 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 but in this show they do away with all of that mariko doesn't exist instead mariko's been combined with lady deathstrike who is wolverine's on again off again rival she's a different character she's just also japanese so sure and so now in this version of the world wolverine and lady deathstrike actually dated each other when she was yuriko before she became lady deathstrike and her dad i want to say was the guy who was involved in putting adamantium in wolverine's body like he helped develop the technology for it yeah i think so, that was actually lady deathstrike they think that was yuriko yes, no, that part is real and from the comics uh, but it's also in this show as well so wolverine killed yuriko's dad along with a lot of other weapon x people when he was like you know plunging out of weapon x and escaping and everything and then yuriko never forgave him for killing her dad became lady deathstrike and vowed to seek revenge on wolverine so there have been a couple episodes in the past where the two of them have fought and where it was established that logan at some point used to live in japan before he had amnesia but for some reason, he does remember living there, remembers I, being in love with it's Yuriko. It's really crazy. And it's like... And rem- 
remembers like all of his friends that he used to have based on this episode. You know what's really interesting is that at the beginning of the show we're like, wow, did the protection team just not talk to each other enough? And then in retrospect, I don't think that's the case. I think all of them are like, holy fuck, what has Logan been through and what does he remember and not yeah, remember? And, and it's I, like... And they just couldn't decide, I guess. Or or uh, the amnesia thing it may, creates a huge problem for Wolverine. But I guess it's kind of believable that at least in this version of the story, Logan's brain has been repaired enough by... Uh, Professor X that he can perhaps remember some of his time in Japan. I, right. I know that's not true in the comics nobody or whatever. Is, yeah, but nobody is actually sure what's happening. In this version of, of Wolverine's story, for some reason, he can remember a lot of stuff and like mentally he's sort of doing okay. I mean, I, Ish. Yeah. I, mean, Ish. Not in this I don't episode. know. It's a not stretch episode, with Logan, yeah. but yeah, whatever. So like this episode starts with Logan in a therapy session with Professor X, which again, <laughs> which, he's not licensed to do this. I don't, I, this made me I don't so know. uncomfortable. But like, it did at first too, but like, okay, I was thinking about it today and like how uncomfortable it made me feel too, where I was like, okay, Xavier's doing that shit again where he's like, let me quickly revisit all your traumas. It's like, how is this therapy? Like, it's just no, Xavier it's not therapy, but also, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, well, but honestly, look, Xavier, is getting kind of bored by the end of the conversation because he keeps on listing these things up. Oh, look, it's like, I don't have PTSD from any of those things. And yeah. we're like, oh, okay. okay. Logan, like, I'm pretty sure you do, but yeah, all right. Like, so oh so my God. the whole therapy session is like, Wolverine comes in and he's like, so my brain's been pretty fucked up lately and I don't know why. And Xavier's like, okay. <laughs> just lately. Um, let, let me just list off six or seven crazy things that have happened to you and you can let me know which of them is uh, the trigger <laughs> I mean, for no, you. Which is like, 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 not like, anything. Like, no one should be doing no, this. No, I know. And so he's like, he's like so quickly, Xavier let me just. starts with Proteus. He's like, was it that time when Proteus like liquefied you and then reconstituted your body? and like that was wildly traumatizing and logan is like eh, no i don't think it's that <laughs> you know that's literally how he's acting too he's such an emo goth kid it's so funny by the way it's like we're seeing flashes of what yeah, happened flashbacks. in the episode so like i know it's there for us to see but i like to envision that every single time we do that it's like xavier <laughs> imprinting those images back into logan's he brain again like reminding him and being like was it this horrible thing that happened to you and logan looks at him, he's like huh, huh no, no. thanks so <laughs> thanks though thanks for putting that back in my brain but no i don't think that was it and then xavier is like what about weapon x and then there's another okay, flashback <laughs> of it this is the this is the episode where beast was like following logan around while logan yeah. was like screaming about his memories for six hours or whatever and like meeting silver fox and Sabretooth and all those guys um, <laughs> so there's a little flashback to that Wait, so hold on so we're gonna see like the weapon x flashback like nine times I again know. in this I know. it's like i thought it was gonna end here nope. at the beginning it's but like there's just we're like some random scenes in here that. that are like unnecessary where logan's just like screaming and it's like weapon x and we're like okay calm down dude. i know what? so anyway we see that entire scene and we get to see saber tooth like killing silver fox eating logan's birthday cake in front of him sexually and also like, like i was gonna say we can see flashback. like he was like do you think it's that time all those times saber tooth like fucked you in the asshole and look it's like no, no i, I mean that. i yeah. kind of <laughs> like that it's my favorite birthday present yeah uh Wait, <laughs> is it about Gene? Is his next question, which I don't even know what this is a flashback to. Like, it's just randomly Logan and Cyclops fighting, and then there's like a shot of Gene looking sexy, being like Logan. And I was like, is this <laughs> is this from the Phoenix Saga? Like, is this from the like Black Queen stuff? Like, I don't even know anymore. Like, what any of this is from? Like, I I couldn't remember. Did you remember what this flashback was? I have no idea. Yeah, who even knows? So I think Logan they might have animated like, for this. Yeah, they may have invented it, and so. 
Logan is like, no, she's happy. I love her enough to want her to stay that way. And so then Xavier's just like, well, I'm stumped. And then he does this little monologue where he's like, when you first came here, you were wild and confused and out of control. And you learned to harness your rage as you found a home here. Yet I sense you are no happier. What are you afraid that you'll do? And Logan is like, when I used to go berserk, I was an animal. I had no direction, no purpose. You and the others gave me a reason to fight or back off. It's not there anymore. And then he describes this uh, like terrifying story where he's like driving in a car with Jubilee and somebody cuts him off and he loses control completely, gets so angry that he like pulls up next to this other car, rips the door off the car and pops his claws and is like basically about to just kill an innocent person because he like got annoyed at them which is like that i get why he's in therapy i'm like yeah logan like good on you for recognizing that this isn't normal behavior no he he recognizes that so i think i think it's interesting because this reads to me not as ptsd so much as like like logan having anxiety while driving because i can tell you like i'm not going to actually jump out of my car and kill somebody like being stuck in traffic well, you live like right next to Boston, and honestly, so do I. And the traffic out here where I live is so bad, and it's like it makes well, me you're so doing a lot angry. Of long drives too, right? Like, but also, like, it makes me so angry. But like, it, and like, obviously, the people in LA like have to fucking so deal with much that worse. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's I know, so bad. and it's like. And I just like all every time I go through traffic, I lose my fucking mind. So honestly, Logan, I'm with you. Just don't kill people, please. Yeah, like, yeah. but I think it does probably combine with Logan's PTSD in the sense that there's like a lack of control there. You're like yeah. sort of separated from people so you can sort of dehumanize them. I mean, this is how road rage works. Like you aren't seeing someone's face. You're just seeing the car. I mean, yeah. it all makes sense. So Logan then is about to attack this person and Jubilee gets out of the car and stops him and Logan like throws her off and like throws her to the ground but then that kind of snaps him out of it but in his explanation of the events he says he almost hurt Jubilee and he didn't even care about Jubilee or the kid and he's like I didn't care about anybody in that moment and so he's like I don't know what's missing inside. I've got no idea how I lost it, but there's one place I might be able to get it back. I'm going to Japan. I'm leaving the X-Men. Okay, so this is all crazy because a he's like he's just like going to a random place in Japan that has nothing to do with his Japanese like his Japan story. He does in this show like he knows everybody there and they all he just know like him. he like literally knows everybody in Japan. I know like everyone or everybody in this remote except village. for the Silver Samurai, which is a separate problem in this I know, episode. I know. But okay, now the other thing is that he's like I didn't care, Professor. I didn't even care about Jubilee, and it's like he's like I need to fix this because I don't care, and it's okay, like but you clearly do care on some level. Yeah, I mean like the. the the problem is like i'm like you're like you're saying you don't care but like you don't want to hurt jubilee because you care about her i mean i think what he's trying to say although it's not written as well as it could be is just the idea that when he was in this sort of anxiety rage spiral he didn't care and when he snapped out of it he was like oh this is a problem that i'm like entering these spirals and i need to like work on this and then i was like well that's responsible and like sort of portraying an actual human phenomenon where like if you have these past traumas like in in logan's case is basically like ptsd from being in like six billion wars so he's like constantly in fight or flight mode all the time and like if yeah. he perceives himself as being attacked even by like getting cut off in traffic i get how for wolverine that would trigger like i'm being attacked right now i need to like defend myself yeah and he just like enters this weird zone where he's not himself anymore uh, there's like a version of this episode that's almost good 
good. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. not, it's not quite there. Although it's not as bad of an episode as I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. So anyway, a taxi pulls up outside the X-Mansion and then we go see Logan inside his room and he's like putting on a backpack. And so then there's a bunch of times when Logan looks in the mirror and it's like so Lion King where like he'll look in the mirror and he'll like see some other person. And I, I don't know. It's great. So he looks in the <laughs> mirror and he sees Nightcrawler and he remembers Nightcrawler saying to him, open oh, wait, your no, heart. He's so, he's, didn't he see Sabretooth? Oh, he wait, sees Sabretooth second. He sees Nightcrawler first and Nightcrawler's like, <laughs> I like Logan's your- just like looking at a mirror and like remembering sees, all of his boyfriends. all of his exes every time. I mean, that's just him going outside. Let's be real. I know, but he's also seeing them in his own mind because he's obsessed with them all. Oh my God. So Logan sees Nightcrawler in the mirror and remembers Nightcrawler saying, would it hurt so much to see the world through different eyes? And Logan's like, wish I could, pal. And then Logan's reflection turns into Sabretooth, who's laughing, and Logan breaks the mirror in rage. And then Jubilee walks in and is like, your taxi's here. And then she gets really sad and she's like, why do you have to leave? And Logan's like, don't you get it? I didn't care what happened to that kid. I didn't care what happened to you. And Jubilee's like, the professor helped you before. He'll do it again. We'll all help you. And Logan's like, thanks, kid. But right now I'm not fit to be one of the X-Men. And then he leaves. And then there's like a ton of Japanese music. I this entire episode this does, is like it has a lot of this like there's the koto which is like that Japanese string instrument but it's like the synthesized version of the koto so it just sounds like yeah little it just sounds bells, weird it's like ding 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 it's like okay by the constantly. way this is, this is like 1995 or whatever and according to the show it this we're doing this again for like know, the 15th time where it's like okay any like now country outside of America, Japan, like feudalism yeah. is still in effect in Japan. There Everyone are there is no has, technology in Japan, no which phones. is like absurd. No one has a phone. No there's no phones, phone. no internet. There's not even like a microwave oven. They don't not. have anything. They have like some wood. Okay, but like but it's funny like because part like part of the episode is the idea that this remote village has like no amenities, no way to communicate with the outside world, which is part of how they're able to be taken advantage of. Right, in but the then. And then it gets interspliced with like these motorcycle games. So you're like, okay, so it's not totally feudal. It's more like 60s, 1960s, I guess. This episode is also like an American idea of Japan too. I I don't even know. I feel like they didn't quite understand the religion here because there's like the wrong kind of monks in this episode. Did you notice that? I think the monks are supposed to be Buddhist monks, which makes some sense. Like, you could be a Buddhist monk in Japan. Yeah. I mean, I kind of was okay with it because I was like... Buddhism sort of tracks with what Logan's deal is seemingly like I was kind of like I guess this makes sense for his character that he's into Buddhism because like meditation would be something he would probably yeah. pursue and he, and he would be trauma. into that I don't I don't know how he came to this and we don't actually find that out like he knows all these monks already and they know him so clearly he was here at some point in his life learning to meditate whatever but we don't really know why and I guess it's like fine I that wasn't like something that super bothered me about the episode, but I definitely was like, I, I don't know why they chose this or like why any of this is even happening at all. I mean, it did feel a lot like the team watched some anime or something and they were like, I don't know, kids like Dragon Ball Z now. So Logan's <laughs> going to go to Japan and he's going to like stand on some cliff sides dramatically a lot and then like, and, like, learn about his His hair is going to get a bit really big and he's just going <laughs> to scream and shoot things and be like, I can't find my balls. Yeah, right, anyway. exactly. And then a dragon's going to show up no none of that actually no okay so instead what happens we get like a really long montage it's like five minutes long of logan like meditating building the temple drinking some tea then there's like a scene where he's just like 
him taking his shirt off and that's the whole scene and i was like <laughs> okay i'm not i'm not complaining but it's funny that this is in here yeah uh, so like before we get to that montage though logan meets his friend master oku yeah master oku is like though many years have passed i've been expecting your return and logan is like i see you're not done with your temple using those tools you're gonna take a long time and oku's like there's no hurry because there's like this very meditative place where it's like you know possessions don't matter time what is time this is the kind of like oku's basically yoda and logan is like feels like i've been in a hurry ever since i left japan mind if i pick up where i left off and then he does the thing that ryan just described where he's like helping all the other monks build this temple yeah. and like carting some rocks yeah. around and like meditating and there's all these shots of the mountains and then oku's like the villagers have prepared a feast tonight and they all go into the village and like visit everybody so they're all walking yeah. down the street it's not a street it's like a dirt road <laughs> and everybody's staring at logan and logan's like they don't seem too friendly what did i step on a duck and oku's Which like they're curious logan-san you're different by the way like every japanese character in this episode has like a stereotypical like accent. the worst they, accent it's really okay. bad i i feel bad that they made the voice actors even do this but it's it kind of like 90s. the karate kid tv show that's what it reminds <sighs> me of like the cartoon yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's really embarrassing anyway so i guess all these characters are staring at logan because he looks different that seems fair to me logan is logan so they meet the yoshida who is the village elder. i don't re- okay wait i don't even remember that scene happening because i thought he meets kisara next he but does. i guess not so yoshida's like we've seen you working at the temple if master oh oku God. has welcomed you we can do no less and then he's Where the like fuck kisara, are we? show logan san to the table and then kisara appears so she's this hot japanese lady who's wearing a pink dress and she's just like konnichiwa logan san my name is kisara and i was just like okay <laughs> well, I was so half are we of that supposed in japanese. to believe that they were speaking english this whole time and that they're only speaking japanese when they speak japanese in the show i, mean, I w- wouldn't have it made more s- i know they can't do this for the TV kids show because like but the kids would be like what the fuck right i mean right that i agree really with cool. you that would have made more sense i would have loved that but like kids would not like that i know but instead what they do is they have random japanese things just thrown into dialogue and then i was like are they supposed to be speaking japanese or not i don't know it doesn't actually matter it was just like okay funny to me. well I, I don't worry because we meet her and then we meet yet another did we introduced to like 50 characters I know, and so this I, th- I think this guy's name is shuichi or suichi yeah you're right so suichi yeah. is kisara's brother and he shows up on a fucking motorcycle and yeah, like which he never has again by the way like suichi has this super gay ass bright pink motorcycle which he never has again in any other scene ever. oh my god and, and he just shows up he starts screaming at everyone yeah and logan's like who's evil can evil and kazara's like my brother suichi he has a wild spirit and logan's like my condolences which is pretty funny i so think that's pretty funny logan Yoshida, relates a little bit she does sort of confronts suichi and he's like you should have been with the fishing fleet this morning and suichi's like i've been training the few who have the courage to fight our enemies and yoshida's like that is forbidden we will do what we've always done we will pay and then soichi grabs yoshida and is like no and then logan pulls him off and is I'm like on, i'm on shuichi's side by the way because like they're like are wildly outnumbered by this like motorcycle game that's torturing them and shuichi's like can we like get do them something? to stop like F- I mean, destroying our sacred episode. ground and like the monks are like no we just like have to we let have it happen naturally it. and it's like no dude like defend your fucking shrine I mean, dude this is literally what the episode's about like you're just jumping ahead being like here's the central conflict <laughs> in the entire episode but like but nothing else happens okay like don't worry like this episode's really not very good and it's like not even like it's not like 
bad in a racist kind of way. It's just really boring to watch. It's boring, and it's like it's a ton of characters who you know we're never going to see again. So that's and always like, like don't hard really for me have to interesting motives to even. Bo- like I don't. I really. There's no point to Kasara even being in this episode. I know. I know. Like Shuichi is the only one who needs to be there, and maybe one of the elders. We don't need these. Did least. they like think it was going to be too gay if Logan and Suichi were like the two characters? Or I think something? they were trying to quickly pull from the idea that like Logan goes to Japan and falls in love with Mariko, but they already had like kind of fucked up that the background. Mariko so story, like, so they kind of have Kisara be like a stand-in Mariko, but she's not really a character, and she's barely. Yeah, you because know, Mariko's like way more interesting whoever than whoever the fuck this is. Like Mariko like runs a business. Yeah, dude. like Kisara can't fight. It like annoyed me that Kisara couldn't do anything at all. But whatever, we're jumping ahead and we haven't even described okay all right well that's that fine happens. okay so, so this uh, scene because i'm willing to give this episode credit i thought this was a little bit interesting this scene so logan pulls soichi off of yoshida and he's like show some respect for your elders and soichi goes i only respect those who earn it and then logan actually draws back from the conversation and he's like you're right kid i was wrong to interfere and soichi yells at him go back to the temple and hide from the world and then oku is like it's often the braver man who chooses not to fight so there's sort of like these three different perspectives being shown here which i was like i don't hate that logan has changed enough as a person that he's sort of looking at this conflict involving this village that he doesn't really know what's going on and instead of just jumping in and being like i can fix this for you logan instead actually hesitates and is like maybe yeah. i don't know what the fuck is going on here and i should like hang back and not do anything because this is clearly above my head which is something we haven't seen logan do in the past so i was kind of like i don't hate this as like a choice for him to be like maybe i need to not get involved right away or like not get involved at all potentially and so Ichi, i don't know we learn more later about like what the fuck is going yeah. on but uh i i didn't hate that scene and oku I don't know. Oku's a weird character as well, where I'm like, I don't really know what your deal is, dude. Like, you want people to not fight, but also you what later encourage logan to fight like he's just oh kind of i forgot stereotype. about that wait wait, wait so, unless unless he's different unless he's oku or i don't know maybe it's the other one and where there's they just have conflicting independence I, I so no i think it's oku because oku is the guy who speaks in the like platitudes and is like it is braver not to fight but like later he just contradicts <laughs> himself i don't know i wish oku were a better character but whatever it's I, fine. well whatever okay so let's let's talk about my favorite scene next which is like we cut to jubilee <laughs> who's flying a jet shittily like across the world it's okay, like she can't even how? like keep a level and it's so funny to me because she's like seriously sitting there like having a monologue in her head but like the jet itself is also like flying why i know it's like she's flying like a bad star Fox player and it's just okay it's so, so monologue- funny to watch to imagine that she drove from new york or flew from new york city to, to japan, japan like this like and nobody noticed the other like- side of the world so like she's flying <laughs> completely like it's a ridiculous long distance flight and we're supposed to believe jubilee did it alone like okay I but while I calmly know. being like Dear professor. Yeah, like she left I, I can't I don't write I don't even remember David. what she like I remember what she wrote, but I didn't write down, but it was essentially the lines of like okay, Dear it's Professor. Actually really funny. So she wrote okay. I don't know why Wolverine left, but I know he's unhappy and he's alone. I peeked at his personal file, which like, <laughs> oh, Julie. Wow. And it, and she goes, and it took a while, but I think I know where he went in Japan. I have to try to help him or I'd never forgive myself. I'll know you'll understand. And it's like, will he? Like I'm actually shocked okay. Professor X doesn't but, freak out at getting this letter and be like, 
I mean, uh, I should probably find <laughs> Jubilee, the, the 16-year-old girl who's listen, been flying a no. plane across the planet. But no, Xavier he's just, he's just a, Xavier, I you know what? It's like he this is these are the same people that also were willingly to give Jubilee to like, to, the, like government. the government and just be like, "Can you be kidnapped?" It's like part of a thing we're doing. Like I, I mean, don't know. I guess by this point Professor X is kind of like, "You know what? I'm always trying to stop Jubilee from doing shit. It never actually works." I'm just gonna say fuck it this time i'm just gonna let her fly to japan like i don't care anymore like that's basic. yeah he doesn't even have a line here like they just show him reading the letter and that's it and like no he it's, do it's really interesting too because like at the end of the episode i i understand why jubilee went there and we'll get there but like they didn't explain it here and i don't know if it's because jubilee didn't want to admit it to xavier why she went there other than like i gotta be with logan but like we'll get there i just feel like yeah, I, I feel like either. what the, her motives here at the beginning are totally different to what she tells Logan when she gets there. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. So I think it is intentional. I'm willing to give the, the writers the benefit of the doubt there and just yeah, me be too. like, I, I, it's I a think little it's bit more subtle than not. I mean, this is also, I, I do think like it makes sense that Jubilee would go there, but I'm also like, it doesn't make sense that Xavier would allow this to happen. Well, like, I don't know. Xavier is really kind of shitty person. He probably just does like after, after Logan's therapy session, he's just like, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> I, yeah. He's like, there's easy, there's easier x-men to torture than these two so like they seem fine like he just he writes it off essentially so anyway in japan logan is stacking a bunch of blocks for a wall and oku's like we need more wood and logan's like okay and like wanders off this is great he like goes and chops down a tree with his claws and literally after the tree falls he screams timber and i'm like logan you're supposed to shout that before you chop down the tree but whatever like (laughs) okay so also he's shouting it at no one but then suddenly the silver samurai appears (laughs) okay by the way this silver samurai is not any version from the comics and there's more than one okay and like according they to don't, the marvel com the marvel cartoons wiki he's supposed to be the first one no i think apparently he's supposed to be the first one who fights daredevil and i was like why'd you guys do this like what no that's what i think he doing? is too and then like well the one that's like his son has only been silver samurai for like a little while like yeah. i think that's it's been in like the 2000s so this late is 2000s supposed to be the other one which i guess i mean i we can talk about that yeah this later, is but. this is kenichio or like it's k-e-n u-i-c-h-i-o harada and i'm sorry that i'm probably botching that name but i think yeah and his in his son's name is like shin or like that's the short version of his name but it's easier to say that than like kenichio i think it's kenichio Kenichio? somebody that is more well-versed in japanese or watches more anime than either of us can tell us so (laughs) yeah all of you fans out there who learn japanese from watching anime right into the show there's a lot that's how (laughs) a lot of people learn japanese okay i mean trust me i know i work for a website called (laughs) kotaku of all fucking names (laughs) i definitely know about white people learning japanese from anime that's yeah i know what that's like when i was 18 19 i thought that if i watched more subbed anime i would like learn learn japanese Japanese, but it didn't happen the japanese that's in this fucking episode where it's just logan walking around saying like you know darida single words like gaijin and like everybody knows like one percent japanese like not even one percent like 0.001 percent japanese i I know it's like how you say hello goodbye thank you you're right you're right okay Okay, so okay so the silver samurai shows up and he's like darida mutant what are you doing here 
And Logan's like, the name's Logan and I'm cutting trees. Omewa Darida, which is like, they're just saying, who are you to each other in Japanese? And I was like, what? Which doesn't even make sense of all the characters. The the only people, like, he doesn't know who Silver Samurai is. And if there's anyone who should know who this Silver Silver Samurai is, it's Logan or Daredevil. It's like, I don't know what's happening here. It's like the whole. We're supposed to believe that Logan came to Japan, met all of these characters, didn't know the Silver Samurai, left Japan for like decades of time, came back and is like, oh, the Silver Samurai is still here, by the way. Here, like, okay, cool. There's just this fucking guy here who's this fucking Silver Samurai. Hold on. So, like, I, I, we don't need to describe this whole conversation because literally all that happens is like <laughs> Silver Savage shows, shows up and he's like, don't interfere with us, like torturing all the villagers. And Logan's response is like, I don't want to help them anyway. And it yeah. was like, what is this? I was like, what the fuck? And Silver Samurai was like, well, good. And then he just disappears. And <laughs> it was like, okay, like, what was the point of that scene? Other than like, I don't know. I think this I is- think it's supposed to be like the Silver Samurai realizes that Logan is like the only strong person there. So he like sees Logan cutting wood and he's like, hmm, this guy's really strong. I better tell him not to fight me and, and like, like look, it's just like works so this is kind of stops making sense because it's like we're supposed to believe that logan well i guess it kind of tracks so like logan is in this weird mental phase right now where he's like fighting is always bad i'm never supposed to fight anyone i need to just like meditate all the time and like not have any attachments to anything anymore including like my relationships like he's misinterpreting some of the tenets that he's supposed to be learning and like it's sort of shown here badly but logan is basically like okay cool like apparently this fucking guy is terrorizing the village but i guess i'm not gonna do anything because i think that's what i'm supposed to do question mark so he's like yeah okay i won't interfere and i was like I don't know. I mean, I still think it's sort of interesting in the context of the fact that in previous episodes, Logan is constantly going to remote villages and just immediately interfering with people's lives and then leaving. And so I was but also like, like saving them from some sort of like disaster, monster you know, or whatever. And like, that's sort of interesting because we know that context of Wolverine, like sort of being that white savior type who like shows up and is like, let me just save you and then leave. And I was like, it's interesting to see Logan show up here and be like, what if I don't interfere? But it's not written as well as it should be. It's no. Oh, and and Logan like seem like a dick because he's yeah, because like, he's just like he's like I'm meditating. He's like <laughs> I can't fight you right now or protect this village because I'm meditating, meditating right now. <laughs> it's like Logan, what are you doing? I man? don't know. And so anyway, then the Silver Samurai sends his motorcycle game, which I think it's funny that the Silver Samurai has a motorcycle game funny. that he's it's like that funny. works for him. Which, by the way. The motorcycle gang is like 95 people. I know. It's like a huge fucking gang. It's and like so, an army. It's like an <laughs> army of guys on motorcycles. To- yeah, and they like show up and they like they come up and they're like, "We've come to collect the tribute." And I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go back to this shit again." <laughs> like, fucking where's fucking Gambit? Again. Like, I know. I then this we don't even find out what the fucking tribute even is. It's just money. I mean, they're just asking for money or or possibly right. fish. I mean, basically this they're the mafia. They're the mob. They're like collecting money from all the villages and just being like you have to pay us because apparently the government doesn't pay any attention to whatever's happening here and hasn't noticed that like a crime lord has just taken over everything in this area of japan i found that kind of unbelievable but i was like okay fine i guess this version of japan just has no institutional anything and this motorcycle gang is out here just running rampant and killing people if they don't pay up so yoshida's like it's been a bad year for our village we can 
scarcely feed ourselves. And this gang leader guy, who I don't think ever gets a name, so I just called him gang leader in my notes. He's like, Silver Samurai doesn't give a fuck. Have the tribute ready in three days. And so then Soichi, who's like the hothead brother guy he grabs the gang leader pulls him off the motorcycle and he's like we're not gonna pay this year and then another motorcycle like knocks him over but doesn't kill him somehow i don't know how and then like doesn't silver Samurai like teleport in and he's like you have to play the tribute in two days or else i'm gonna like fuck all of you in the butthole and we're like do we want that i don't know And the villagers are like looking at each other and like sort of shrugging like uh, I mean they really are kind of like that they're just like okay and it's like she's like can anyone try and then meanwhile it cuts over to Logan who looks over he goes He's like, I see a fire. He sees smoke coming from like the village. The so temple. he's like running so the to the temple, temple is has been fire. set on fire. I don't know when that happened because like they're all like so silver samurai motorcycle gang. Like because they were trying to threaten the villagers, they were like, okay, so have the tribute ready in three days. But also just to really hammer it home, we're gonna fucking light the temple on fire because we're really assholes. So they uh, do that yeah. at some point, and then Logan and, like, runs in, totally free of fear, saves Master Oku from the temple. And he says, hope you don't mind if we don't stick around and chat, like, in the fire, which I, I think is it's funny. Like, it's like, okay, Logan, Logan, he, like, literally stops to deliver that to line. Deliver and the then line. he's like, hope you don't mind that I don't have a cool one-liner. And it's like, you just said one, dude, but okay. So then he, like, leaves the temple, and then he's, like, talking to Kisara outside, and he's like, how'd this happen? And Kisara's like, each year the Silver Samurai demands tribute from all villagers. If we do not pay, and Logan's like, I get the picture, the old protection racket, samurai style. And it's like, why do you have to say samurai style? It's literally just a protection racket. But okay, Logan. So then Kisara's like, this year we have no money to pay. We're fishermen. They'll destroy our village. And I was like, okay, I don't know why. I, these lines are like a series I of non sequiturs. I don't know. And like Kisara's explaining some of the shittiest accent I've ever I know, heard. It's I'm not, like- not going to imitate it because it's offensive. So then Logan clenches his <laughs> fist and he's like, it never ends. And it's like, yeah, Logan, everywhere you go, people are going to be in trouble and need help because that is actually the world like people are in trouble <laughs> like, everywhere this isn't because of you is, like irritated by it. he's like oh no, he's like <laughs> he's like oh i'm always having to save people even though i don't want to because i don't care about them but i do care about them he's like staring into the like fucking ocean like melancholy like, in the background like uh so are you gonna help us or? and she's just like so my brother is gonna go fight everybody do you yeah. want to help and like it's just like i'm sorry and, 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 like Kisara's like serve your true nature per master oku and i was like i don't know okay, so what's this is happening part where Kisara's quoting master oku but like saying two contradictory statements and i was like Kisara is maybe just inventing all of this so she starts I don't know like she starts by saying like master oku would say no worldly possessions are worth the risk of one's life but master oku would also say that inner peace is found not by avoiding conflict but in serving your true nature and i was okay, like see, that you know okay sound like something he would say Can, no it doesn't and you know what i just realized this episode would wake make so much more sense if like at the end jubilee found logan and logan was logan like was i, I found a dream the whole time i was gonna say like he just kind of hallucinated all of it and like a trauma that like xavier kind of accidentally put into him and logan's like 
Thankfully to this village, I have completely found peace by helping all these people and rebuilding their temple. And he just points at like an empty field behind him. And Jubilee is like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes about as much sense as anything else because it's just I mean, based like, on, it would like, explain a all these like, bizarre racist assumptions in Logan's head where he's like, I always <laughs> have to save people who need help, but I don't want to. And it's like, what is happening? Like, none of these characters are really fully people. Anyway, it's. It doesn't make any sense. So Logan just thoughtfully goes to himself, my true nature. I wish I knew what that was. And he like pops his claws and looks at them. And I'm like, I don't understand what the lesson is here. I, uh, anyway, there isn't one. Meanwhile, Jubilee lands the plane in Japan somehow. And also is like in the right. Oh yeah. Place. We don't, we don't see that. And this is also, okay. This is like a scene that I was thinking, okay, so maybe they had Jubilee deliver this line because it would be less racist if like an Asian girl said this to an Asian person where she's just it holding up a picture racist, to though. like to like one a of the monks monk, and she's going a different monk, Wolverine. I think. He knows people here. Do you know Logan? Like she's literally like, doing that. Like speaking slowly <laughs> as a joke. And the monk just like shakes his head at her, like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And Jubilee's like, what the fuck? Uh, okay, so we're supposed to believe that Jubilee just lands the plane in Japan somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know how she finds Logan. Like, I guess it's because she read his file. I don't even know. Anyway, so <laughs> she's know. wandering around the country of Japan by herself <laughs> trying to find Logan. She's like, 15 and it's really funny so anyway back to the The silver servant tells his biker gang to attack the village so they do that and the shuichi is still convincing the farmers and fishermen to fight and defend their village and then Yoshida wait, I, I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. I just wrote a note here where I said, if it worked out in The Mandalorian, it will probably, it can probably happen here. Because it, I forget I that mean, was the episode I just watched. And that was like. It basically does work out here. That is like, about the. Okay, the last episode of The Mandalorian, the one where they like, the, he helps the village I fight. whatever you're talking oh, about. It's, well, there's an episode that's basically this, and they like fight off like a gang of people that keeps on trying to take I their mean, money. This is like a classic Star Wars thing where it's like, this is kind of. No, like, it literally is the same thing because like, it's like, a little fishing village it's the exact same fucking plot and it's also the episode where i was like i don't know how much more of the mandalorian i can watch because baby yoda's cute but it's like this it's like nothing's happening it's just like baby yoda is just cute that's all i'm sorry (laughs) this is an episode where we complain about other shows anyway you know we'll talk we'll do it we'll do a podcast patreon episode on the mandalorian when that season ends you don't even like the show ryan (laughs) because i feel like i have so many things to say of the mandalorian so that you and i can complain about it on a patreon only episode please write into the show let us know if you want somebody's gonna like stop listening to the show because we don't like the mandalorian but whatever else likes it you know what it's fine whatever anyway yeah logan back to this show so yoshida confronts soichi and he's like soichi this is foolish we're farmers and fishermen we're no match for armed fighters and soichi's like better to die defending ourselves than to live in fear since i was a child i've watched our people work hard only to have these criminals take what little we earn our children will not suffer as we have and i'm like okay so how long has the silver samurai been terrorizing these people has he been doing <laughs> I don't it for know. Like 30 years like what anyway they've they've apparently just been sitting there and taking it this whole time so then logan walks up to the group and he's like soichi's like go back and hide with the monks gaijin and logan's like i don't hide from anybody kid i'm fighting my own battle right now but you're right 
either you stand and fight or you'll be kissing their backsides forever. And Yoshida is like, is this how you repay us? Bringing destruction to our village? And then the villagers start chanting no more tribute over and over. And Logan just walks off again. Like, I don't know how to deal with this situation. Oh my God. This is like, I was watching this episode at this point. I was like barely paying attention. And I was just like, I'm like, I was just hoping the episode would end anytime at this point because it was like, (laughs) it was just the same fucking scene over and over again where it's like, Logan, do you want to help this village? And he's like, no, I'm busy meditating right now. And, and I was like, like, well, are you going to do it or not? So apparently he finally decides to help them. And then there's this long montage of the villagers setting up a series of traps or whatever. They, and and it's like they have no technology. So it's like logs and like a net. No, and things like they that. like literally just like attack people with fish. And I was like, what the hell is happening? I like know. we saw scenes of Logan cutting down trees. They could have carved those fucking branches into like stakes or anything that would resemble a weapon. But instead okay, they're like, like well, we we have no weapons here so we're gonna throw fish at the motorcycle people and i was like all right weird because when we get to the fight scene like no one dies it's just like a series of like funny prat falls i know and like all the motorcycle the The motorcycle gang has like swords and guns and like they're going to kill people and they're like they're like villages are like let's throw a bunch of marbles onto the motorcycles (laughs) this is like such a 90s sitcom type of situation and every single time like somebody gets hurt they're like all the like uh, villagers are just going <laughs> and, like, are, like, like laughing i just really like weird. what is happening okay so, we're anyway, skipping ahead we don't even get sorry to yet. we just so, got really angry about this episode this so. episode is bad anyway so oku is talking to logan and oku's like you're trying to decide how to act tomorrow and logan's like they're gonna be slaughtered master oku and he's like, I came here to get away from fighting. I want to be like you. I just want to live in peace. And Oku's like, do you? Peace comes with purpose. My faith gives me mine. And Logan is like, ripping up people is no purpose. And Oku's like, but protecting and caring for people is. Like many, perhaps you know yourself less well than others see you. Try looking at yourself through new eyes. And then, like, Master Oku disappears, which I was like, are we now supposed to believe Oku has magic power? Is dead? Like, for some reason, that annoyed the shit out of me. Okay, wait, wait. So, I think the other guy, what was his name? The other Yoshida, I think he is the actual person of the village. I think Oku is dead. And there's, like, Logan. This is the same as your belief that this is all a dream in Logan's head. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. I'm stretching to find anything that makes sense in this episode, okay? Oh, wait. Well, it doesn't fucking matter because it goes to the next scene. We see Logan, like, naked in bed. It does show Logan in bed, and then there's, like, a bunch of scenes that are a dream. He starts tossing and turning his little sleeping bag, and then we see he's like, no, no. And then we go back to fucking Weapon X again. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I feel like it was like when we watched that episode. I don't know if it was X2 or X-Men 3. I think it was X2 because we were doing it with Mary Ellen. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, there are like 95 flashbacks to Logan <laughs> screaming about Weapon X. And it's like, I didn't, I guess I never realized like how often this happens. Like it's, it's to the point where it's like Logan. But, like, well, but on this show, like Logan never really gets over it. And I mean, he never gets over it in the comics either, I guess. And that's sort of, well, I mean, like, but- it's the closest is like a war veteran who like will suddenly think that they are back at war again. Okay, in like, but, like, but it's like, 
How I don't many know. times can we have Logan have the exact same type of PTSD where he's literally imagining the exact same things again and again? And it's like, dude, please stop going to Professor X and get a real therapist. Like, please, I'm begging you. You know, it doesn't have to be this bad. Like, it just no. doesn't. Well, anyway. so then it doesn't matter. Then it, he remembers making out with Yuriko. And then he's like remembering fighting Yuriko as Lady Deathstrike. But then he remembers getting fucked in the ass by Sabretooth again. And, and then, then, it, then, then like we see Weapon X again and then we see silver fox dying again, again. and then well, and then he remembers like nightcrawler and he's like logan he's like logan remember that you have a heart and like I, you loved me when you fuck me on the ass and logan's like what and so then <laughs> wait, wait 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 i don't remember what this is. Okay, okay then there's this part where you think logan is awake but he's actually not but you think he's awake and he's walking on the beach again and he's looking into a pool of water he sees saber tooth as his reflection again. i just like screams and then like and then, and then like kisara is there, there. And, and she's like she's let's like, fuck logan and it was like what is happening and then he wakes up and it's a dream Again. I was like, I was like, I don't know what's even happening anymore. This episode makes no fucking sense. So then it cuts to the motorcycle again, and they're like, the Karate Kid music and whistles playing. You know when they talked about the Karate Kid whistle in like the fucking Lady Deathstrike episode? Okay, okay well that's back bad. again. It's all like doo doo doo. It's like that's that's all it is. Just pan flutes and Karate Kid. Oh shit. my god! And so, so the motorcycle gang. The motorcycle gang rolls in. That this is the scene we're talking about where it's like Return of the Jedi or whatever, and there's like logs falling. It's on like everybody. fucking like the okay. The comparison here of like the Japanese culture in this episode is like two Ewoks. Like that yes. is like the reference they are making here. And it's like fucking weird. And I was like, I don't know what to even make of this. I was like, yeah, it's basically there's like, like children hiding. A version I know. of Japan taught to you by Yoda and the Ewoks. <laughs> like the reason we keep referring to the Mandalorian is because this episode is basically Star Wars crossed with like the Lion Oh my thing. God. And so like the motorcycle game is like wiped out by wood and some are falling into <laughs> holes. And then there's like there's some like children there's like literally children that look like Ewoks hiding in trees going he's so funny and I was like what is happening yeah. so then they this is when they start dropping the fish on them because it's like the only weapon they have besides sticks which I and was so, like this is a waste of food like they are just dropping their food and we've already yeah. been told they barely have enough to eat anymore and they're like well we'll throw the fish at the motorcycle gang and I'm like okay what? you're presenting these villagers as being stupid and I really really hate that. So anyway, then Oku shows up again and is like uh, confronting the motorcycle gang who's just had fish thrown on them. And Oku is like, the children will not hurt you. Perhaps you mighty warriors wish to attack me instead. And he just like walked out of the fucking bushes or something or he teleported and he's okay, like. But the only reason this is here is so that Logan can interfere in the fight and like finally be motivated to fight. So that oh he's saving my Master God. Oku. It's like, I just get me through this scene already. I like, know. So Logan comes out and he fights all the motorcycle gang, but doesn't kill them and just like stacks them up in a pile but it's not <laughs> over yet and then like hundreds more motorcycle guys show up and like they get into the village and then there's this whole other scene where they get like washed out by a dam because I don't know the villagers are like I guess we'll just destroy this dam in order to wash the motorcycle mm. gang into the sea yeah, I don't know. But, it's like, like, it doesn't actually hurt them and everybody's laughing and I just I don't know the tone of it was really weird oh my god okay, also that, wait, wait, there's also like a shot here of Logan fighting the guys with the guns and his I, the animation got really shitty for a second in which his like arms start getting like out of proportion and skinny but then also like huge up top and I was like what 
like he's turning around or something and like like his like bicep gets huge but then like his forearm gets really tiny and i was I like mean, what I think the is happening why, i think some of that is probably because the reason is this episode was supposed to air earlier but the animation wasn't finished in time i think it was like another one of those situations oh uh, probably it probably says in that book somewhere i don't know we'll find out yeah so then jubilee finally shows up she finally finds everybody but she doesn't find logan she finds kisara like what has she been doing wandering around in the woods like i don't know i don't know where she's, she's been, wandering been around but it's only been two days so apparently it only took her two seconds to find everybody so she finds kisara and she's like everybody's fighting so logan's gotta be here which is like like, kind of funny and because that is like, kind of funny if you're his friend come with us he needs our help and jubilee's like well she also blasted a bunch of guys right she like blasted away like yeah, a bunch of motorcycle dudes guys with her sparkles and like that and they're like you have powers reason. come fight and she's like okay yeah unlike logan who needs to like sit there and be like i but i have to meditate instead of fighting because i fighting's bad for me i guess and i don't know well uh, you know typically like in the comic books logan has always had like jubilee and kitty and armor all being like reminding him it's like okay you have to get up and fight the good fight and not be a little bitch about it like there's like all these teenage girls this is life being like get your shit together logan that isn't even quite what happens here though because jubilee doesn't even find logan until the very end of the episode okay so that's then- true there's back to the freaking gang leaders again and somehow they all end up falling into a muddy pig pen which i don't even know how that happened <laughs> I that don't know. happens and there's more laughter at that and then soichi picks up one of them and he's like here's the mighty bandit we feared even the pigs turn up their noses at him okay which is a and nice then the line. silver samurai shows up yeah he teleports in and he attacks soichi and logan's like you can't fight him this is like when I was like, okay, so Logan and the Silver Samurai definitely have never met before this episode, which is already really weird to me, yeah, but so whatever. Yeah, so they don't know each also, other. Also, this version of Silver Samurai is like a fucking idiot. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's like, really, he, like, really he, like, is easily, easily, okay, I'm just going to quickly recap what, ch- what happens here because it, we don't need to spend a lot of time in it. Also, we're but almost basically, done. Yeah, Silver Samurai is like, like yells at Logan for trying to attack him. So he disappears when Logan goes to attack him and then appears behind Logan and like basically stabs Logan in the back and then disappears again. But Logan's got a healing factor. So he's like, okay, whatever. So this guy has one move and it's literally to teleport behind teleport that person. Behind me and stab me in the back. Yeah. So, so the guy teleports again and Logan does a backflip to where he's going to teleport it to. So Silver Samurai like teleports and Logan's not there because he's done this backflip. And then Logan, like he doesn't even do anything. He like slightly scratches Silver Samurai's armor on the back and then he's and then like the silver samurai gets up and just leaves sadly yeah, like that's well, also, it that's Logan the fight disarms him he takes away his katana that's the other i wouldn't thing. even see that but yeah. it's like okay whatever Which, but it's so like, funny because he like so sulks away like, so Ichi is like okay great kill the silver samurai and logan's like no i scared him and i think that's what's really important here and he definitely won't ever bother you guys again and i was like logan please kill this guy like what are you doing man like this guy's been terrorizing these villages for decades and logan's like i don't know i took away his sword i feel like i did what i came here to do i'm just gonna go at this point so then kisara and jubilee run up and logan is like what the fuck jubilee's here and kisara's like this one helped us she says she's your friend and then jubilee's okay like, well it's really funny because like literally the lines is jubilee going hey it's wolverine and logan literally goes what <laughs> And so the Jubilee goes, I heard there was a former X-Man in the neighborhood. 
guess I felt I had something to do with him going. And then okay, so that that's the one I was like, oh, that's actually the motivation there, yeah, and I she like blames that herself which because she's been abandoned sad. so many times, and I she's know. like, you know, and like, it's like it's like, no, dude, I just like I'm such a fucking mess, you know. Which is technically what he told her before he left as well. But I she mean, just like, didn't think think about him. what when you think about it. Well, she's like trying to figure out what's happening because like she, like the serious sequence of events is that she was in the car with Logan. Logan gets out at somebody who cut him off, threatens the dude. Jubilee's like, dude, calm down, and then he like goes to like throw her on the ground yeah. and then like the next sequence after that is jubilee be like yo are you okay and logan's like i'm leaving forever and yeah. like the way jubilee sees it is like i've done something wrong i'm 15 i don't understand what's even happening my only father figure is like leaving yeah and also like has serious anger issues and like yeah she's i mean blaming like herself for that which is like really sad maybe but- and honestly that's maybe that's why xavier didn't go after them because like xavier's like dude i like i could go after her but like this girl has a fucking history of like running away like yeah. if we go and get her like she's just gonna run away and go and find him again like it just you know that's hopefully true. she and just like crash could- the ship you know <laughs> Yeah, that part is really funny. But I guess you could also argue in Xavier's defense here, which I don't know why I'm defending him, that he could be like, Logan is the person who needs to fix this. Like, he's the person who fucked up with Jubilee, so he needs to fix this. Not that Logan apologizes necessarily. He's just like, my leaving was never your fault, kid. It was just something I had to do, which is like the best you're going to get here. But whatever. Yeah. Well, nobody cares. Then back to the temple, which is being rebuilt again after getting uh, burned up by the Silver Samurai. No wonder it's taking them so long. I mean, if this is happening regularly, yeah. And so Oku's like, you see, Logan, the temple will be completed without you, which I was like, okay, like, this is clearly That's like a Oku fucking weird... Like, Logan, can you just leave at this point? <laughs> <laughs> and so Logan is like, temple building ain't my job. We all fight in our own way. And Oku's oh like, Oh my god. Yep. Yeah, I know. Goodbye. I know. And then, like, so they say goodbye, and then Logan turns around, like, hardcore makes out with Kisara, and I was like, why? Like just all of a sudden he's She doesn't even have a line. She's just uh, she's just like Okay, uh, to be fair, Ryan, she says Arigato. She says Oh, I forgot to say Arigato and he's like, You're welcome and then like makes out with her and then like he walks with Jubilee, and Jubilee has like a million questions. I, I like, I was trying to listen to what she say, but like, it's not really matters. But I know that it's one line she Jubilee has is like, being like, "Who are the biker boys and the doofus in the shiny metal outfit?" And who's okay, the I like, babe? I like the line where she's like, "Oh yeah, who's the babe?" But also she's like, "And I tried asking, but nobody even speaks English here." You would think they would, but I was like, "What?" I'm so Jubilee, what is this? It's because Jubilee didn't go to school. Like she okay, dropped out here's, of school. Here's, she doesn't uh, know anything. This is like one of those incidences where it's like, okay, I understand a little bit why there's people like got the wrong impression of Jubilee because like yeah. this is how they presented her. But like honestly, like in the comic books, she's like way cooler than this. So I don't know what the fuck is happening. And that's the end of the episode is I'm like leaving and going back to the X Mansion. I like, guess, yeah. So like Logan literally went to Japan for two days, meditated like a couple times, and he was like, didn't really help I anybody. Yes, I'm cured. Anyway, I guess I guess we're in the politics section now. I don't know. This episode, I, I, I there's a version of it that's interesting, but th- this uh, isn't quite it. Like, the politics going on in here, like, are mostly like weird racist interpretations of what America was trying to like think Japan and portray was like. Japan. And you know what's really interesting about this show is that it is a very like the show really does do good a great job of being like accept everyone there's like all these different like subcategories of 
different people in the world like you know equality is the best but then they also do this thing where they like and this isn't just a problem with this show it was like all specifically like 90s cartoons where they they were like going through this phase where they were like let's you know we were going through a progressive time and they're like oh let's show people like other parts of the world to teach people about the world because you remember how like in the 90s it was there was so much like yeah like where learn about the world yeah like like, there was so much stuff like that was and like but like sometimes it would just be like bad like it, like they didn't want to like really or, like really give in past stereotypes like they would just yeah. kind of like list off a country and then be like here's five top things you need to know about this country like remember when the, like during the age of apocalypse or the apocalypse episodes where they showed different parts of the world like france was just like <laughs> the eiffel berets, tower like wheeling a wheelbarrow full of baguettes. i was like they were like in a fucking wagon and like when they went to germany and like the, I was like the Renaissance period there for some reason. And I then don't. They go to Russia and they just destroy it immediately. <laughs> it's like Russia's just literally a fucking like nuclear gone. wasteland. It's gone now. It's just a, an apocalypse. And oh, also like the African episodes. Okay, actually that might be like a little bit more accurate because like mean, I guess you could argue that that's true of every country. There's always remote villages. But it's like well, what's happening that is that they're remote. like this is such a fucking American thing too, where it's like there's other parts of the world you can go visit, but they have no technology. There. And it's, it's like, like they're all that, remote that's <laughs> not true like that's not the case and it's definitely like in this episode japan doesn't have a government it has no police but okay like no J- J- japan according to this also is like run by motorcycle gates and then okay it's true that like the yakuza's there like yeah, in a, but it's not like this it's not like just people on motorcycles running around with katanas ruling with an iron fist just so you know when you go to italy it's literally only the mob when you're like in <laughs> america it's like literally only gangs like you know it's yeah, it's it's like yeah it would be it basically like what the portrayal of louisiana was like gambit's hometown where he's just like <laughs> this game but like i love that, that because it was like, like that was so absurd and like one of our listeners called or emailed us and said it was accurate yeah <laughs> yeah and we're like oh it's got to be and he, he was like yeah we definitely have to leave a butter dish at the swamp so like at That's least once a year was like so i guess it's like in this show everything outside of new york city is just a wasteland of like lawlessness <laughs> which is pretty funny actually yeah it really is oh my god like it's not even just america it's like literally everything outside of the x mansion in new york city is just nothing exists there's no government no there isn't and like is that like the only politic in this episode is like just outside of new york city is like rural everything yeah i like, guess what? so i mean that's kind of like a classic thing for this show i do feel like there's almost a good idea in this episode where it's like could have been about logan trying to decide when it's appropriate to fight when it's not appropriate to fight actually getting over his ptsd and like meditating and stuff which meditation is really good for trauma but that's not what this episode is at all instead it's just you know japanese koto playing yeah he's just like sitting there having fifty thousand flashbacks and then screaming (laughs) it's like oh my god kind of taking advantage of these people in a weird way like not in the way that he always does but just sort of like going to japan borrowing the pieces of japanese culture that like sort of applied to his life and then leaving and being like okay cool like i feel like i did it and it's like it's like logan this uh, is why the japanese culture hates americans it's you well you know also you know the the atomic bomb that's the other reason (laughs) well there's that too anyway (sighs) 
I don't know. know. It's, I, there's it's no, too bad. There's not it's like a serious... I didn't, I didn't have any expectations for this episode. Like, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. Like, I actually yeah. expected it to be significantly more racist than this. I went in Me and too. I, like, I, and I sort of remember terrible. that. But it's like really honestly not that racist. It's I mean, just kind of like... Bad, but it's not as bad as that Alaska episode. That oh one, my God, I would that was say, was really significantly worse. <laughs> no, I mean, like, the racism that we're encountering here is mostly like us being like in japan they have no technology and they all have shitty accents and like that's it like that's 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 the extent of the racism in here the way that this show portrays every other part i was gonna say it's not like they're sitting here being like the japanese are dumb as fuck like that's not what they're saying they're just like outside of new york city literally has nobody has any technology like that's what they're saying racist but it's because like there's also gonna be an episode in season five where and this is where what i'm saying like where it's like almost not racist at this point because in episode five they're gonna go to the south and also like you know to meet cannibal and also they have no technology there so it's just like really them being like there's no technology outside of new york city like that's it it's just New York City. <laughs> yep, apparently so. People have phones in New York City, and no I was going to say New York City is like basically Oz, and the rest of like the country is just like a magical shambles. I don't know. I know. Apparently, that's the case. Like the Emerald City is like the only point of. I don't know why I'm making a Wizard of Oz fucking reference here. <laughs> Who's Dorothy? <laughs> I don't know. Ah! Apparently, it's Jubilee or Jubilee's Toto. I don't know. Now I'm sitting here being like, "Who's all the X Men that are gonna be in the Wizard of Oz?" And I, yeah, it's like the only thing I can think is the Tin Man is Colossus, and that's as far as I got. I feel like this would be really easy. People need to write in. They need to come up with the Wizard of Oz parallel for the for all the Wicked Witch better be the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that works really well. Okay, so right. are we done with politics? I, I think yes, we are. I We've hope so. It. That's okay, enough cool. of that. Uh, Want to do who's that X Men? Yes, it's gonna be short. So ready? Yep. Who's that X Men? So we're gonna talk about the Silver Samurai, and oh, I'm not gonna talk about the second one or his dad because I think his father also the one that created the no, that's not him. That's uh, you could have said, but I think I think this Silver Samurai's dad had some sort of background with it here's the thing is that the silver samurai is a cool looking character and like i remember he was playable in like all the fucking marvel versus capcom fighting games and like the the all those x-men games like so clearly like he was a popular character to some degree somewhere yeah uh and i think you know when i was reading some of his like background again i was like yeah it's kind of cool i like him being able to charge the sword and teleport i think he's like has the makings to be an interesting character but he also really isn't because he came out during a time for like daredevil and i don't know if you've read any daredevil comics but all the characters are kind of like they're they're kind of like this because like there's <laughs> all the daredevil like versus racist amalgamations of no like- but they're just like all these like weird characters that like are involved with the hand to right, some degree of course, and of like course. You know, it's like I mean, Daredevil I don't just know. fights a series of ninjas and samurais. Like that's like all. I mean, he that's ever really does. like his deal. Like I find it. Like I go in and out of getting into Daredevil because I think again he's an interesting character, but like just kind of gets lost sometimes. Anyway, so that's not the point of this. So, uh, anyway, Silver Samurai was the name of two different characters in the Marvel universe, and there's the one that's Kanichio, and then there's Shin, and we're talking about Kanichio. Um, I'm just gonna say the Silver Samurai from this point forward, though. Uh, so the Silver Samurai has the ability to teleport and can create these tachyon fields of capable of cutting through anything except for adamantium. So like he basically can cut through anything. And uh, there's also a version of him that's in the Wolverine movie, which you haven't seen, but we'll talk about that in a second. The Silver Samurai was the illegitimate son of Shingen Yoshida, a mutant who had the powers to charge his katana. So that um, sort of surprised me because Yoshida 
is kind of the name of the elder in the village. And so when yeah, I was watching the I episode, got a I was like, are they going to reveal that Yoshida is like the Silver Samurai's dad? But then they just didn't. But and they don't like, They do not do that. Okay, so who the fuck? Uh, why? Who are these characters? I think I think this family in general all have the power to charge their swords and teleport or something like that. I don't know. So anyway, it doesn't matter. This, this is very similar to DC when they use Katana, who's also a weird, interesting character. Who's like my husband's trapped inside my sword. Right. It's like all these weird, like Americanized versions of like to make a Katana even cooler. <laughs> like make it magical. well that too. But like I think they pull a lot of like the the spirituality for Japan and like all of their lore and they try and like figure it out. But like both Marvel and DC have kind of done a shitty job at like interpreting that. It just never kind of went back and fixed that. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, he became a professional criminal who often clashed with Daredevil. He became the bodyguard of the terrorist Viper, which is kind of like his famous story is him and Viper working together. And the silver samurai Viper attempted a theft of the Caverick kiss crystal, which then led them to battle the new mutants and also the X-Men and eventually Yukio. So that's like how Wolverine kind of got involved with that. Um, he became the leader of the clan Yoshida after Mariko, his half sister passed away. So that's an interesting thing to note is that his half sister is like Logan's ex-wife. Right. During that time, he tried to pay off his clan's debts, the Yakuza to restore its honor while he was always Wolverine's, one of Wolverine's greatest enemies because of the whole, you know, situation with Mariko and all that. Logan entrusted him with the care of Amiko Kobayashi. And at this point, like the Silver Star Samurai kind of restores his like honor and he takes care of her. Like he's, he was a bad guy like in the 80s for Daredevil and for Logan and then kind of like in the 90s early 2000s it's kind of like they turned him around again uh, which is an interesting story and I I don't hate that. Yeah, it's um, cool. He, it's like about him restoring honor to his like clan his family, which is actually yeah. pretty good. Right. And so later he helps uh Logan save Amiko and Yukio from kidnappers so clearly he does like a, a lot better and during his time as a hero Silver Samurai became the leader of the first Japanese Big Hero 6. Not to be confused with the Disney movie <laughs> Big Hero 6. Uh, Silver Samurai was brainwashed by Blindspot eventually, so he forgets his time as a hero and returns to being a criminal. Um, and during that time, he was also the chief security officer for the Prime Minister of Japan, so obviously that didn't work out. Um, he later was abducted and held in the raft, uh, which is the S.H.I.E.L.D. prison. And, you know, the record said he was dead. They just kind of tried to erase that. Uh, Viper eventually shows up and frees him and the hand transport transports him back to Japan where they're like, okay, we want you to lead and like lead the hand and unite the Japanese criminal underworld. But like, even in that state of mind, like slightly brainwashed, he's just like, no, I'm not really interested in like being a criminal. So he helps the Avengers defeat them. Um, after that, he tries to get, get his good name back by serving the people of Japan. So like really he like turns it around and just wants to stay that way, even during brainwashings. Huh. Um, and then after M-Day, he was one of the few mutants to re- retain his superpowers, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then while defending his home from the red right hand, he was mortally wounded. He makes his way to Mariko's grave before he dies. And then the mantle gets passed on to his son, Shin- Shingen Shin Harada. And that is that Silver Samurai. I didn't write about the other one because I don't really know too much about his son. I've seen him in X-Men comics, but... I also really don't care. Like, he's I feel also like much newer. Like it looks like his first appearance wasn't until 2012. So it's like, there's only been a few years of Shin existing. Yeah, exactly. And-, and so that, that is the silver samurai for you. Um, I'm going to tell you that he is in a number of video games, like the Marvel versus Capcom games, but also when it was like, you know, X-Men versus street fighter and just X-Men uh, children of the atom. He was like one of the original playable characters. I, you know, Japan obviously made those games and they loved 
having some or any kind of representation in there. They put like Psylocke and Silver Samurai in all of their games. So like, I mean, clearly those they... are cool characters. So why not? And yeah. try to have some Asian representation. It's not like there's that many characters to choose from. So. No, I know. And so they put them, they never put Jubilee in. She was like a summon in like Marvel versus Capcom one. Uh, we also see this character in um, the Wolverine, which is like the the adaptation of the Wolverine goes to Japan and becomes a samurai right, those comics, comics. Yeah, which are like the movie is not accurate to that at all. But that movie is good. It's like watchable. Like mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed that movie. Just because yeah, like watch it because I know you're a fan of it. And I'd like to well, see it's it. Good. It's just good. It's like it's a long movie, and apparently the one I watched, like there's an extended cut. Like the movie's three hours long, dude, and there's like there's like a five hour version. The same way that there's one of Logan. I mean, it's still shorter than the Mandalorian. Am I right, folks? Ba-da-ba-da. Oh, we're on a Netflix show. So. <laughs> Like, anyway, so he's in the Wolverine as one of the main villains of that with him and uh, Viper. And his son, I think, is in that also. I I don't know. It, it's just an interesting movie. I don't hate it. Um, it could be worse. It's it's It definitely embraces the campiness of what that story even was originally. So, like, I appreciate that. That's cool. Uh, but that's that's the only real other place you see him. He didn't, like, appear, like, in any, in any of the other movies. And he might have appeared in other video games. I don't really know. These are just the ones I remember seeing him in, so. Cool. Uh, but the thing is, I think he was a much more popular character in the 80s and 90s. And I think with Shin, they were trying to bring that back, but it just didn't quite stick because it, if they introduced him in 2012, it was during the time that they just were not giving x-men the attention they needed because like you know marvel for like literally a decade it was like we're gonna like not put as much we're not gonna put our best writers or artists on the on the x-men because we want the rights back and we're gonna like literally make it bad until like fox stops making money or we can buy them out and now that's happened they like immediately were like let's get hickman back in there let's let's do some crazy shit yeah so um, and and not to say that the writers were bad like i mean like that's a bad thing to say like they just literally wouldn't put their more famous writers on there and they would give all these I other think they like also didn't support the writers who they did have on there yeah and, and then some of them did really well yeah, like there was that, like, that, like there were the iceman comics that were really yeah good and, and in 2012 there were the uncanny x-men comics where mr sinister had like, come back and was cloning people a way to do good work despite lack of resources and lack of support but it, i i mean i think it's pretty inarguable that that was a period of time where the x-men just weren't getting the love that they deserved. Yeah, i mean they were doing some weird shit during that time because that's when like the x-men went to like la and then they they, like built the X Mansion on fucking like uh, the Gray Malkin, and then after that they like opened up the Jean Gray School for Higher Learning, and then also they put they were like, well, this doesn't work, so let's put the mansion inside Hell for a while. <laughs> let's put it there, and let Eliana take care of it, and they're like, well, this does work, so let's put it in the middle of Central Park. Which, by the way, I fucking hated that. I'm glad that only lasted a couple of years. Where Kitty was like. Let's just put the mansion in Central Park so everybody can understand we're here. And I'm like, you can't just put a housing in Central Park. You can't fucking do that. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah, like, you it's know? like a public park. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, literally protected by the government. Like, whatever. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of glad that we're kind of getting back to where we're supposed to be with the X-Men. And it's like... And now they're just again there's the expansion is not even in new york it's just like in on krakoa but i have a feeling like that i think i think krakoa is gonna turn out to be evil or something and like they're gonna have to evacuate that seems to be the direction they're going in i mean so. that's the direction these things always go they just put the fucking like mansion back where it belongs what like why is it teleporting all over the fucking universe <laughs> like they're like we can't find peace anywhere including in hell and it's like just put it in new york like stop <laughs> You guys are doing fine. Upstate New York. It's where you put things. It's fine. There's yeah. not a space there. Oh my god. Just put it there. So stupid. 
Uh, anyway, so that's that's. Do you want to rate the episode? Yeah, it's one out of five X's for me. I did not like this episode. It's like it's not even like like somebody could argue like you know it's super racist i don't even feel that is the case here i just feel like it's bad like i just don't find no, it interesting I'm with you. I think like and i racist, love wolverine he's like one of my think- top five characters but like i really just don't need to see an entire episode of him like having like a million flashbacks and then bitching about like how he doesn't want to help anybody and then like <laughs> at the end figuring it out scratching the silver samurai and that like concludes the episode I like i just like what i think like, it's so that's, none of that is interesting to me it's interesting to me they didn't even have like jubilee they like set up so jubilee would go there and support him but she, she doesn't, doesn't even show up until the end of the fucking episode she could have been there being like hey i'm gonna help you through this and like let's figure this out together that would by far be a much no, more interesting episode than whatever invent, this like, was a bad character master oku who would just stand there contradict himself in the corner and be like well logan you could fight or you could not fight or you could just leave i don't know i just but see, like to- i know and like also like it's like they're trying to pull from wolverine spent a bunch of time in japan and was a samurai situation and married mariko but they had already written themselves into a corner with all the stupid lady death strike bullshit where they combine characters that they were like we have to invent a bunch of additional characters that have no relation to wolverine you know it's like it's like then why is he even going there like you know what i mean like i i wonder if it was just that they liked the idea of wolverine having gone to japan plus anime was popular during this time period like this was like the beginning of the dragon ball sailor Moon. oh my god i totally didn't you're right but i didn't i totally forgot to mention this so in like one of those last scenes when like they win the fight logan has a line there and he finishes the line and his mouth keeps moving for like an additional five to ten seconds like a truly badly dubbed anime and i was like was that intentional no. or did they just like no it's just bad they, animation i look that's i'm i'm not gonna say that they were actually doing that that's that would be too i much. i can't i don't know this episode is not good many and like i just sure. I mean, i'll give it a one as well i wanted it to be what a are lot your better. thoughts what are your thoughts <laughs> well i guess i'll give it a one i you know i really wanted it to be good i feel like there are some parts of this episode that are almost good and that's always like more frustrating for me because i'm like ah oh, there's like a version of this where wolverine like actually does navigate his issues and that's just not what happens here the show has sort of a weird approach to mental health which i'm sure is very 90s like it's yeah it was like the beginning of people sort of starting to talk about mental health and the idea of it and like going to a therapist wasn't as bad like the 70s and 80s were kind of like the boom of that of people finally being like oh like maybe therapy's okay and we talk about that in the media publicly and like how that be something we're doing but the 90s still weren't really on top of that so instead we just have this weird episode where logan is like if i meditate for a day then i guess i'm all better and it's like i don't know dude you like have a lot of problems like yeah i know like maybe keep working on it like you you Uh, have a lot of shit to do and it's like i i still i feel like i feel like we're still in this point where we haven't even like really tapped into a lot of this because we don't see a lot of shows where people are actively talking about their depression and anxiety we see a little depression a little bit more than we used to but like we still don't see anything like like anxiety wise do you know what i mean like we don't see any of that so like well, steven universe does some stuff with that which well, I think Ste- is I, we always reference steven universe because well, like steven universe like does any of the things that we talk I about i know i know it's so funny uh we don't <laughs> anyway. see we don't see portrayed all that often anymore and like and i think this is them attempting at that which is really nice yeah um, that's true i mean that's the part of it that i was like this is almost good. I just didn't feel like it actually did as good of a job as it should have. No, it also, could, I, it I feel like all these characters who don't matter. And the the portrayal of Kisara, I just found 
stupid and offensive. She was not. A, I don't feel like she needed to be there. I don't feel like the second elder needed to be there. Shuichi honestly is the only character who needed to be there, and I would have much rather have seen an episode of Logan working with him and maybe Jubilee to figure things out. Yeah, and that also would have like been interesting, especially if Shuichi is presented as a character who doesn't tr- trust Wolverine, doesn't want him there, and Wolverine is kind of like, well, I don't want to be here anyway, and then sort of has to like. Come it's to it's with one that. of those situations that like if they. Like, if Wolverine was written as a bisexual character, I could see them easily doing a story where, like, him and Shuichi don't get along, but then they figure out their differences and kind of, like, hook up a little. Well, they kind of hook up a little bit, and, like, they're like, okay, we're fun. But it said Kisara's there, and they just quickly... It's. I think you're right that it would have been too gay otherwise, because it's, like... Just like I Shuichi and Logan, you felt bad about the Mariko thing again because, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I, I don't. It's really it, this strange. show has been very good at a, at a little po- a lot of points. The first two seasons of the show are very strong. Arguably, the Phoenix Saga was really good up until that last episode of the Dark yeah. Phoenix Saga, where I was like, "Fuck this!" But season four has been like, like I just, I I've, has there been an episode I've liked in season four besides the Christmas episode, like. <laughs> You know, I don't know, man. Well, I, I like the Proteus stuff, too. But I guess technically that was season three. I don't yeah, fucking know. Yeah, technically. And you know? technically this episode was season three as well. So who I even don't know. fucking knows? I don't so, know. So, like, this is not good. Do you want to do Who's Gay next? or Yes. Okay. The X So literally nobody in this episode okay, is gay. But there's also everybody because there's like sixty flashbacks to like every boyfriend Wolverine's ever. Well, had. that's does that even count? And also, it's like it's mostly him like remembering like oh, Sabretooth and his abusive like sexual relationship with Sabretooth. Nightcrawler? But then also also remembering what it's like to have like a good boyfriend. Like within the actual context of the episode, this is another example of something that I think could have been really good if they'd written it well. Like I was thinking about the idea of how Logan has seen Nightcrawler who looks like an animal, doesn't have this very human appearance and Sabretooth who also looks like an animal, doesn't have a human appearance. And Logan like sees himself that way. And so he's looking at these like two different sides of the same coin where it's like these are people who've been mistreated in their lives and like have had to deal with these hardships Sabretooth has dealt with it by like becoming an asshole and never fully dealing with his traumas Nightcrawler's dealt with it by finding faith and like doing his own form of you know meditation through whatever he does and like that is interesting those are like two different boyfriends as far as we're concerned for this section but like the episode doesn't actually get into that it just kind of shows Sabretooth and Nightcrawler in the mirror for Wolverine and then is like okay bye and like you're just supposed to extrapolate all of that stuff and it's not it's not actually in there so like no it's not I don't know I think it's too bad it's definitely more fun to interpret it as them being his ex-boyfriends and him being like oh like this these are these men that I loved but within the episode I think it's supposed to be that he sees himself taking the paths that they took you know what I mean but it's not good anyway those those are the that's the only really gay part of the episode is that i felt like a different version of the episode could have had soichi and wolverine be kind of gay together but like this episode is not that at all like they don't even come close i mean you could you could really like also if you wanted to extrapolate it like a little bit further you could say like all this trauma isn't about the trauma and could be about like wolverine not coming out of the closet you know yeah but you have to really take a long walk to you would really have to exactly this is not a gay episode it's It's also not not an episode it's just like (laughs) 
nonsense. Just a series I don't, of images. Basically. It's just like a series of like weird racist anime shit. Like I don't know. Like that's the only way I can put it. So pretty much. Anyway, uh, let's do a little reader mail. You want to do that? Yeah. We don't have a super lot today, but like you know that's okay. We have some stuff that's from Twitter. I don't. I. I. We get tweets and Instagram comments all the time and Facebook stuff, and I don't read all of them on here i'll just read ones that i think are particularly interesting or funny but we do have one a couple emails here um so i'm going to read the first one which is from zach uh zach writes hi maddie and ryan obviously we all stand emma frost because look at her my favorite stories have definitely been when she's teaching at xavier's school because she gets to be competent yet complicated and because she has to deal with the consequences of the person she used to be because that's great and that's why we love her too mm-hmm. however from story to story the way she's portrayed gives me a lot of cognitive dissonance so much depends on the author's view on women and and yes. or how horny the artist was feeling that day <laughs> yes and like it makes there's like a little vomit face here <laughs> it's weird quote unquote that the same traits that make her make me look up to her powerful confident woman can be distorted to something i find so uncomfortable yeah i don't have a super salient point because in the and this is just sort of how comics work by nature of how many authors a character passes through. Do you separate your feelings for characters by how they're treated by the author, consciously or unconsciously? And if there's time, this is reminding me a lot of the feelings on Bayonetta too, which I still conflicted about. That, Ultimately, I thought just, of that before this person even got to that point. I was right. just thinking of her and like how often I do this with video game characters. Oh, I the know. Same fucking shit. Yeah, like, seriously. Ultimately, despite any amount of female empowerment, I can't see past the male gaze. Yeah. If you see parallels or don't, please share. Love the show, Zach. So this is actually a really great email. It um, is great. And- I feel like Zach already summed it up in like three sentences. Like it's, I I would say I do it consciously. Like I consciously have to separate out my own feelings of a character and rewrite them in my head because there are so many female characters who aren't treated as people by the camera, the artist, whoever's looking at them. It's so often wrapped up in sexualizing them and objectifying them that I just have to separate that and be like, no, in my head, this is an empowered character who owns her sexuality. And like, I'm interpreting it in my way and yeah and that's that's how i see right i see that with emma frost too i do think more often than not she is written to be more confident and powerful than like a sex symbol like nowadays for sure i mean yeah but even back in the day like i i think and and i see what you're i I see what you're saying zach because i i do agree there's some storylines where she's more of a sexy sexual character but at the same time there's so many times where she is not and I can understand why it would be uncomfortable to sit there and be like, okay, so like I, I want her to be powerful, but I don't want her to be like, and I want her to be powerful and being but sexy. But she's like drawn at an angle where you can see like her entire butthole and like also her cleavage at the same time. And it's like, what's... I feel, okay, honestly, I feel like this <laughs> happens to Rogue more than it does to Emma Frost. I yeah, really do. Gosh. They super sexualize her because she's like this really hot girl you can't touch. Yep. And like, you could say that about Emma Frost too, but she puts it all out there. There are times that like, I feel like her emma's costumes are a little much like the inverted x thing was yeah, like okay she's literally not wearing she's clothes wearing just underwear and also like not a bra and like wearing the weird i mean people can look this up it's like one of her famous okay, well, okay, so many she, posters it, of this it outfit. is not as bad as like power girl well i know i mean some of these things 
I feel like comics kind of have realized at this point that you can't just do it anymore. And so now if a character is wearing some absurd outfit, the character will yeah. make a joke about it and be like, I'm wearing this to like distract my enemies or like, ha ha. Yeah. Like, you guys can't fucking do this. Like, just like change just, the costume. It's like way easier than doing that. Well, so I, I mean, I agree. And there's, you know, Bayonetta is actually a great point too. I think Bayonetta is also in the situations where like you're like okay is she sexy yeah she's sexy but also she's gonna step on your balls like i feel like <laughs> those games bayonetta and devil may cry because devil may cry has trish in them who's kind yes. of like essentially the same kind of character yep. but like that guy who does them is openly been like oh no i'm designing them because i want strong powerful women that are also gonna like beat step me in bed because i'm into that <laughs> yeah like and they're like okay well so this is just your kink but also you're like letting the woman have all control so that's fine i was actually thinking more about lara croft when i was watching this because yes, reading yeah. this because lara croft is definitely a situation where she was originally designed to be like a sexy female Indiana character Jones, but, but like sexy sexy girl style but her personality was very like non-flirtatious you know and only recently i think they kind of went down that direction but like they would still draw her super sexually and like make her very sexualized even like you know she'd be like though, coming like, out of the content. water yeah yeah she'd be like with a weapon in hand she's got her harpoon but her butt's in the camera like yeah you know and i used to have so many lara croft posters all over my room because like i thought she was so cool and then after lara was like emma frost everywhere i just i loved those two characters but i i definitely felt like there were times where like her personality like this is the real issue is that i don't feel like emma frost has ever been written as a sexual character she but there's been a lot of artists <laughs> yeah and like i think that's like you know jessica rabbit is like a great example or she's a sexy villainous character but she's like this is just how they draw me like yeah. i don't actually you and know like, she's like, not actually that way she's just like this right. is how i've been drawn which there's a commentary in that there is and there's like a way more sexualized characters that i could reference are supposed to be supposed to be strong characters but also then like are not like specifically think about like mortal Kombat, where they have like all these awesome badass bitches and they're like ready to fight but then but their clothes fall off like huge high heels and like tiny little dental floss. or like yeah and, <laughs> and like, like then they like fall fight? down and they also fall down they're like oh, i can't fight or like characters that are like really i know i can't even think of a good example off the top of my head but like it happens a lot where they're like like there will be a female character that's like strong and powerful but oh no she's like having feelings and like you know <laughs> yeah that's like basically what every storyline with samus has ever been has been like oh she's so strong she's so strong but what if she has feelings about a a lowly metroid like all of that stuff and, like, just and like, what, what happened okay but then you know what's really funny is that it's like the extreme opposite with men where i also feel like we have this problem writing men where like they are so masculine and i love masculine dudes but like also embrace your feelings because they don't let guys do that instead they're like no men have feelings and it's like okay but like there's got to be a happy medium for both of these things here because like honestly both these like stereotypes are like incorrect so like this isn't even like a stand up and be feminist thing it's like this is just like can we just write people as people like nope, that's it can't do that's it. literally it so it can't be done but i i don't think emma frost i mean i i guess she she is allowed to have a personality in the sense that she's been written by so many different people that you can sort of group those contradictions together and be like well people are complicated and that's what i try to do with those kinds of characters is just be like yeah they're written by a whole bunch of different people or like designed by committee and some members of this committee want them to just be really sexy and some want them to yeah. be more complicated and you just kind of exactly. take the readings you want and just be like well this is the version of the character that i want them to be and that's right that's how fandom works we're allowed to do that we're allowed to just say characters are who we want and we can ignore the stupid bullshit but 
I mean, Emma Frost, there's too many decades of comics to worry about. There really are. And it's just just hard to get that point. Anyway. Okay, so let's see. Um, Going over to YouTube, we have a comment from Jake who wrote, on the Rogers of Apocalypse, the the big the last one we released, we're fighting that shitty Apocalypse boss battle. Yes, uh, and he writes, "I like how almost everything else in the game is more dangerous than Apocalypse. Sure, <laughs> you're fighting the most powerful mutant in the X Men, but the real threat is falling into lava while walking." <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was really funny. And if you have not gone to watch us play through Ravages of the Apocalypse on you our should. YouTube channel. You should. And you should listen to the episode. And like, we, we use a cheat code. And I keep on jumping into the lava. And every single time, Maddie is like, why? Yeah, like, don't. Don't <laughs> fall in the lava, uh, man. Over on Twitter, I had posted the clip from Mr. Sinister turning into the beach. I was like, now you guys can go see this on Disney Plus and see like what we were talking about. And somebody wrote... Well, this is way shittier than I imagined it. I was expecting a living Mr. Sinister sand cla- castle. Nope. Hashtag release the Ryan and Maddie cut. <laughs> when is that going to become? I, whenever I get to become Mr. Sinister, apparently. Oh, finally. Um, Can't wait. And then we have some tweets here. Uh, somebody wrote in, I didn't even think about the fact that X-Men the Animated Series might be on Disney+. Plus. Does that require the mutant alarm? So <laughs> I think it does. I, I think, think it, it does. does. And it does. also Todd wrote into us, okay, I got Disney+, Plus for the sole purpose of watching X-Men the Animated Series after listening to the corresponding Mutant Ages app, and I'm watching Nightcrawler right now, and the fucking sheriff guy is based on the sheriff from Young Frankenstein, I'm right. dying. Which I think I retweeted. Like, photos of from the movie. I haven't seen Young Frankenstein in so long, and I totally didn't even pick up on the similarities there but i mean honestly i don't funny post from todd about that episode yeah look them up then we have i this is not actually real but so like we got like one of those like spam emails and i was like i think i have to read this on the show because it made me laugh like reading what the fuck like this is spam bot sent it to the mutant ages okay so it says hello mutant ages i am kyle dot 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 therefore a few days ago i heard you tunes from your acc the mutant ages and it is great i really enjoyed you tunes some amigos of mine are promoting their tunes over at this site click the sketchy link i just believe that might help you and expand you visitors a little more perhaps you find their use there's something useful best wishes k jefferson wow thanks <laughs> thanks kyle jefferson true fan of the mutant ages and the tunes that we write because we are definitely a band and that's oh all true God. sometimes so i much. like reading the spam stuff because i'm like okay this is like wildly entertaining to me <laughs> yeah i okay. read it too all right so um, we posted this a while back but we got ourselves a phone number where you can send in um voicemails to us. us you can call yes. us on the phone right and so you can send us in things if you don't want to like email us, but you would rather send in and like call us. Uh, you can do that, and uh, we have our first one from Drake, and this actually came in a few weeks ago. But like, we I'm stupid, and we didn't play it because we don't know how, and arguably we still don't know how to well, do it. But well, we're going to find out. So I didn't listen to it, and it's a little slow, but uh, you know, it's it's really good, and I like this. So okay, um, I'm going to play this, and it's from Drake. Hey, Maddie and Ryan. Drink. Um, I just thought uh, I would call in um, and tell you um, the joke that I thought. Uh, here it goes. <laughs> Why didn't the other X Men invite Cyclops to the orgy in the danger room? <laughs> Why? It's because they wanted. To- get off scot-free <laughs> 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 oh, 
Boom. Um, and uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's actually a great joke, and I love that. Holy shit. Okay. I'm going to start saying that to Maddie. Maddie's going to be like, okay, why? right. Why, 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 why? Okay, okay. so thank you very so much, Drake. First, Drake was the... F- okay, I'm going to say thank you, Drake, for calling into our voicemail being and leaving this. Brave. I, being the very it, first caller. I was going to say, be the very first caller, and like, I know it's hard to call like uh <laughs> like call in somewhere and leave a voicemail like i've done it before and you're like suddenly like freeze up you did a great job and yeah, like you did great drake and also maybe he will inspire other people to call in with yes, their own okay. x-men jokes which you can reach of. us at 508-319-1668 wait let me say that again 508-319-1668 and if you're calling from out of the country you have to dial one first so yeah. and also if you want to send us an email you can send us it send it on over to the mutant ages at gmail.com we read everything here on the show unless it's really horrible and like offensive but that has not happened well, yet we even read spam apparently the, if you want to reach <laughs> us and you want us to read something on air we would absolutely do that here and we love hearing from all of you we love hearing your points of view we hear, love hearing your jokes and sometimes we like hearing like you just talking about stuff that's not related to the x-men you can email us and tell us who's who in the wizard of oz but yeah, with the x-men do, do that fan it. casting for us because i'm sure there's already a million fan fictions about that yeah well beast is the cowardly lion so he oh my god but he's not cowardly Listen, there's not really a cowardly x-men i guess logan could be the cowardly lion that's kind of mean to logan i feel like <laughs> logan is not any of those characters like okay, maybe he's toto anyone and it's just a joke anyway yeah whatever. that's People true can come up with their own fan casting and they can send it to us we also have all the social medias we have facebook instagram pinterest tumblr and we have twitter all of it is at the mutant ages and all of those places we're individually on twitter i'm at Mitty myers I'm at Ryan Pagella, and if it says Mr. Sinister, you've come to the right place. And also, you can go to our YouTube channel, which we were just talking about Ravages of the Apocalypse, because we do Let's Plays that are X-Men related over there. And we're playing through the quick conversion game, which you probably all know about now that we've like put it right into your podcast feed last time we had an episode. Yeah. And uh, you can watch us play those games there. We obviously are playing through the other X-Men games. So we've played like Wolverine for the Nintendo and X-Men for the Nintendo and one of the horrible PC games that we just turned off because it was so obnoxious. Uh, but we also release other things too. We do throwback theaters, which is Maddie and I reacting to our old stories and videos that we made as teenagers. We also make X-Men parody videos like Snacksmen, which is Jean Grey and Scott. Cooking. Baking cookies, Christmas but also cookies. we will release things like uh the animated series with clips of this show dubbed over it so you know go over and give us a subscribe because that actually will get you all that content pretty easily and you'll be the first to it yeah that's true um also we haven't said it in a while but if you want to give us an itunes review it super helps us out um and that same goes for like soundcloud comments or just sharing the show with your friends and also even just like a star rating on itunes it's better than nothing it helps raise the visibility of the show and let other people know that our x-men show exists okay what else did we do everything Um, nope we haven't mentioned patreon oh right patreon money so yeah. you can give us money if you can afford to do so. And if you are one of those people who can afford to do so, then you will be entitled to some pretty cool rewards, including bonus podcast episodes where we talk about Marvel movies, DC movies, all kinds of other things, TV shows. Maybe we'll talk about The Mandalorian on there. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we do all and kinds we of act- stuff on there. We're going to be releasing a lot more to patreon only podcasts we are sitting down and actually making like a list of stuff we want to record but also you can get like images and videos and stuff so whenever we shoot something here um i will tend to vlog it and that will only go up on to 
the Patreon page. So like that is the only way you can access that. Um, and we also put the show notes from our show up here. And sometimes we put up like other notes from things we do or like, you know, other stuff we find. Or like old scripts or whatever. Just different silly things we put on the yeah, Patreon. It's fun. We're trying to reconstruct our like $20 plus tier. Um, I think we're going to try and get some t-shirts made, but we just were kind of tabling that at the moment and just trying to get through December first and then we'll get revisit that. So, but yeah, uh, you can go support us on there and we're a completely fan supported show. So if you want to support us to keep us in business to help us pay for our hosting fees and website hosting fees and like any kind of game we want to play or any kind of thing that we're going to do an X-Men related topic on, um, you know, this helps fund it. We also don't get paid to do this otherwise. So that would be a huge help. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So I think we did it. That's all the plugs. That's uh, it. Happy Morlock holidays, everybody. <laughs> enjoy, oh, yes. Yeah, so when this is coming the out. the month of December. Yeah. I think this is the last episode weeks. before Christmas. We'll enjoy this, like, bullshit Japanese woman goes to Japan <laughs> episode for the holidays. It doesn't have anything to do with the holidays, but you know what? It was a mega long episode of our show. So you know enjoy what? that. Enjoy your Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Wherever you're going, Arigato, as Kisara would say, give Wolverine <laughs> a kiss on the lips and send him home. As again. Ryan would say. And we will um, see, and see you, you next time. Next time. The Mutant Age.